You have a piece of my mind, nourished by your care. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of a Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Carvin, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. the one true king of the South, a.k.a. Bill Bautacek, a.k.a. Shang Tsung, a.k.a. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 4PF Pfizer gang, um, <laughs> a.k.a. I really want y'all to get y'all medical advice from medical professionals and not dusty oh bitches and lots. Starting. Um, fucking early bro we ain't recording two weeks so um <laughs> this episode's gonna be eight hours long bro no it ain't no oh it ain't God. uh on the hotline as always is my wonderful and gracious co-host hey y'all it's your girl ali nicole aka your favorite little shit talker aka champagne mommy aka moderna the madam of moderna aka miss chakra khan A.K.A. the captain of chaos. A.K.A. that little baby who has a childish ass crush. Oh, my God. First of all, Calvin, crushes are the stupidest thing. Oh, my God. Can we really talk about how fucking terrible having a crush is? This is childish. And I talk to the man all the time. I talk to him all the time. It's disgusting. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, chat like crushes feel pointless. Oh my god! Because because it's like, um, I used to remember. I used to tell, I used to tell certain women. I was like, I got a kindergarten crush on you. It was the most corniest shit ever. But it, it worked. worked. Though. <laughs> it worked. Um, but crushes in general, just it feels fleeting. Feels. I mean, in my in my world, I can't speak for no one else in my world. It's be like, really, nigga? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, crushes often aren't rational. Ah, Oh, it's so fucking stupid. Like, dog, I'm not going to lie. I just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. And it makes my heart, like, race a little bit. Like, it, like, I don't like it. He makes me nervous. You find yourself, like, checking. Oh, my God. I watch how I talk to this man. That's how I know it's different. I never watch my fucking mouth. You got me like, what? I... I'm <laughs> Listen, like, man. I'm stressed. Hey. Hey. It's so fucking stupid. And what's crazy is because like, I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see. We're going to see. Right? I think I got, this, high, I got high hopes for you niggas. We I have actually no. I, I have no I have no hope. And that's the thing. That sounds so terrible. I have no hopes. But like No, no, actually I won't let you say that because I think sometimes um I, I have low expectations. Yeah, because I think sometimes we gotta look make sure we gotta manage our expectations in order to man, you know, like make sure that you're walking in you're walking in a sense of reality, you're walking in a sense of like, okay grounding yourself you're not you're not like wishing the worst but it's just all like you're grounding yourself and understanding the reality of the situation yeah and that's it like i'm just grounding myself because i don't want to get too far gone 
because I have a habit of doing that shit. <laughs> like, I, I always end up with egg on my face. I always end up the one who has to pick my pieces up. And I don't want to do that this time. Like, we're actually, I'm going to play it really, really cool. I'm going to play it cool. You know, t- like, besides talking about him on a whole podcast, right? Man, like, God that. damn. You know, I did just do that. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm just trying to understand like what exactly we're talking about by like playing it cool. We're gonna so, like uh, you know like I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about right now, Calvin. Because if he said like let's go get married, I'd probably be on my way to the courthouse right now. <laughs> like and madam, madam, I'm gonna say this all. You just I'm said a, how irrational crushes are. Do you understand? I'm, I'm gonna say this all wet because accountability. Let me. Listen, after all, never mind, you ending up in a courthouse marriage, oh boy, you better just block me. For the second block, time. Block. <laughs> Not just me. Just deactivate. Everybody. Just deactivate. Oh my God. I thought I was going to have to fucking throw away my phone when I, like, when I was dating that guy we don't know. Like, I just... Ain't, ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Shit, when that shit hit the fan, it was a lot. So, like... Thank God for growth, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like I'm not. I'm not again. I'm not trying to rain on nobody's parade. No, not at all. A, you end up in another courthouse, goddamn wedding. I promise you. I had some real me. smart ass shit to say, Calvin. So I'm so glad I just talked it. I had some real smart ass shit to say about. All right, we haven't recorded in two weeks because so. because because listen. <laughs> Cause, cause hot meat kettle, nigga. Hot meat motherfucking kettle. <laughs> we haven't recorded in two weeks, and um, that's my uh, bad. Not for, not for lack of trying. We not tried. for lack of trying. We tried. The universe had other plans. Spectrum has like, bro. I haven't opened up my Spectrum bill because you niggas got a lot of fucking nerve. Honestly, like in audacity. Like I get the email notifications. They calling a bitch now, so y'all dead ass. But like, I'm not, bro, I don't want to hear it. There were seven consecutive days at the end of March, where, and honestly, it like in in the beginning of April, where I didn't have internet service. Ironically, during the time where my black ass is actually fucking home, so I can't even enjoy the shit that I pay for. So yeah, a bitch is a little tight, right? So yeah, we had we had mad technical difficulties. So I didn't get to tell you good people about my birthday. So the last time you heard from the girl, I was not 30 years old. And now I am. And um, I flew out to D.C. I stayed at the Capitol Hill Hotel. Shout out to the concierge service there. They were amazing. Took amazing care of the girl. I'm not in D.C. for fucking hours. And of course, fucking bombs and shit. You got people fucking driving into the... Anyway. It was a mess. So I got my black ass about it there for a minute. But I had a blast. So the week of my birthday, I took off. I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to turn 30 years old, stressed out, trying to rush and do shit for work. No, I'm taking a week off. And I drank that entire fucking week. I am so ashamed of myself, actually. But like, I knew, bro, it's the last week of my 20s. I was going out with a bang. My body hated me the next week. Last week, I was shit. I was not good for shit. Okay, so Red's opening day, Thursday, right? Tradition. It's a holiday. If you're not off for Red's opening day, what are you doing? If you're not off for Red's opening day, you don't, you're not, it's, it, it, it's, 
You're either not from here or, or you could not job, get off. Your job just don't love you. I remember because I remember. So I work a side. I work a little side hustle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and they, you know, handle the social media for a political candidate. Mm-hmm. And they thought that usually our our, our our weekly meetings are Thursday at seven p.m. Nine right. times out of ten, cool. I could do Thursday at seven p.m. Grand open the day was Thursday, and they, and I, they they initially expected me to be on that call at seven p.m. I was like, fam, I don't plan on knowing my name at seven p.m. Um, so I literally told them, I was like, yeah, I ain't gonna be able to make it out. Like family emergency. Well, I, I I don't think I even told them. Maria, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Uh, N- nigga, got, they I, knew. I got another engagement. I got something else I got to do, and then they ended up canceling it because other people hit, hit them with like, yeah, I'm not coming. Nigga, fuck you. Nigga's red's opening fucking day. So I am trashed. Especially because we didn't get to enjoy the, the one beforehand. Oh my God. This pandemic. So it's so niggas was out here doing the most, probably doing a little too much, but you know, I'm vaccinated, so I don't give a fuck what y'all niggas doing at this point. Nigga, I was so fucking fucked up red's opening day. And I deserved it. I had a ball. I kicked it. I did not go to sleep. Until 3 a.m. Friday morning. My dumb ass. I don't know why I do this to myself. I booked the earliest possible flight. Probably because I hate traveling. I like destinations. I hate traveling. Get me there as early and as quick as possible. So yeah. My black ass went to bed 3 a.m. That's when I finally went to sleep. My alarm went off for 6 a.m. Calvin. I ran out of this damn door. Drunk as a bitch. Drunk as fuck. <laughs> okay. I get on this flight, right? And I bo- as I'm boarding the flight, the flight attendant was like, you were wearing a crown yesterday. I was like, yeah. He's like, it's your birthday, right? I was like, yeah. How do you know that? He's like, oh, I was with such and such at, at the uh, day party yesterday and I saw you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Well, what's up, right? So I'm kicking it with the, um, with the flight attendant. And he was just like, well, happy birthday. Like, we're going to get you there safe. And I'm glad that you, you know, you're off to a good start. I say, hell yeah. Right. So I'm getting set in. I walk to my seat. I'm getting settled. Right. The other flight attendant walks back, walks towards me and she goes, hey, your, your flight has been moved up. Your seat has been moved up. Um, You're in first class now. Out here, out here, out here, out here. Out here, out here. Right. So I'm getting settled in first class and I'm sitting next to a woman whose birthday was a week before. So she, we were just like, shit, happy birthday, Aries gang. Like, I'm off to a great fucking start, right? How about um, the flight attendant, as soon as we take off, we get settled, right? We, we start cruising altitude. He walks by with two glasses of champagne for me and Shorty and was like, have a happy birthday. But, nigga, I am lit, okay? You cannot tell me shit right now. Shit. I am sitting in first class drinking champagne on a bad bitch's 30th birthday. We're headed. Okay? Because at this point, still Friday. Man, kicking it. Mind you, the flight from Cincinnati to D.C. is less than 90 minutes. So, um, Shorty that I'm sitting next to, she, again, she's like, can we have two shots of tequila? Nigga, I am not get. I got on this plane fried. I got off of it even more lifted. We are off to an excellent start. All right. So shout out to Taylor. He picks me up from the airport and t- drops me off in my hotel so I can like decompress, change, 
exhale, okay? Hotel was gorgeous. I When I tell you, I had the most amazing service, the most amazing people. Like, everybody looked out, like, wonderful. And as a woman who was traveling by herself, those kind of securities I love. Like, yes, I'm cool with concierge, cool with security. Boom, somebody's looking out, okay? And it was the pandemic, so there was, like, barely any traffic. Like, and D.C. is still, like, they not fucking playing. So, like, you let don't let this move taste fool you everywhere else in the country. D.C. not playing. So, well, because well, also y'all can't stop storming the capital. So, you know, but they're like, we go locking this shit. Damn. Okay. Right. So I get settled. You know, I go on a little lunch date, which was cute. Um, I had a, I went to go see some of the, the cherry, there was a cherry blossom festival while I was in town. I was supposed to go to that, but we just ended up walking around the park, whatever. Also, the cherry blossoms, the weather is fucked up right now. So, like, they didn't get to bloom like they were supposed to. But, like, for what I saw, it was gorgeous. Right. So go back to my hotel room. I get changed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to get into some shit. It's about five o'clock. I'm hungry. Whatever. Call my good friend Taylor. Now, me and Taylor have known each other since 2011. Okay. He's my frat brother. Shout out to y'all. Like, it's like, there's just certain people where you have that kind of relationship with, right? And Taylor is also a Scorpio, he's a fucking enabler. So, yeah, parts of me knew what the fuck I was getting into, right? Parts. <laughs> I knew parts, <laughs> okay? So, take a ride up to Georgetown and hang out with Taylor. We go to the Capitol Group, right? Had a fucking blast. A ball. Shout out to, like, literally when I tell you, from top to bottom, we had a ball, right? Walking out with champagne and everything. I drank my weight in champagne. Never mind. I had a comment, but. What's the comment, Calvin? Well, you don't weigh that much, so. And it didn't take much, okay? It did not take much. I was fucking fried, okay? Fried. Um, So the next day, of course, I'm in D.C. What the fuck do you want to do Saturday morning in D.C.? Go to brunch. You go to brunch. And D.C. brunches start at like 11 a.m. Fucking different. It's different. It's different. So we couldn't get into the first spot. So we ended up going somewhere else, right? To this, it was like this Peruvian place. When I tell you I was in there having my way, I had a blast. I like, you know me, I'm a flirt. I'm talking shit. I'm drunk. Again, I popped an edible high. Like, have a listen, overarching theme. I'll spare y'all the like the nitty-gritties, right? The overarching theme of my birthday to wrap it up, bro. Let my little, the little piece of hair and common sense that I had, I let that shit fly. Okay. I have been a good ass noodle. I have been studious. I have been on my grind. I have been working my ass off, off, literally busting my ass. So yeah. Did I cut up a little bit? Did I, did I cut up? I absolutely did. Okay. I absolutely did. But it's like the one time in my life where I don't want to be the good time. I want to have a good time. And I show everybody a great time. If you kick it with me, you kick it. And that's what, and, and I love that. But for one time in my, like the one time you deserve to be treated and hosted and swept completely off your fucking feet is your birthday. For real. And not to be all doom and gloom, but to be completely honest with 
you know, everybody. I didn't think I was going to see my 30th birthday. So I didn't really plan for it. So when I finally was decided, like, no, Alex, you're going to celebrate yourself. Like, I'm, you're going to absolutely celebrate yourself this time. Like, and I finally decided, like, you love DC. Go. And you knew that you'd be well-received and you got people out there. And shit, go where you celebrated and welcome. And I really, really just wanted to remind myself that I'm deserving of the love that I pour into the world. And what better time to show yourself that kind of appreciation than the day you were born? I love it. Out of wise. But kind of, I don't know. Quick segue, though. Like, quick, quick segue. My dating life right now, especially because I just talked about, like, having this big-ass fucking schoolgirl-ass crush, right? But, like, I like this part of my dating life. Everything is super understood. Everything, like... The men that I'm seeing, we understand. Like, there's an understanding here. And for once, I'm dating when my priorities are straight, being completely, like, transparent. We don't always get into situations with, like, especially, how do I say this? Damn it. (laughs) I'm trying to be careful with my words. But I don't think sometimes that, and I know I've done it, which is why I'm, I'm criticizing it. We don't always get into rela- relationships when the quote unquote time is right. Sometimes you just, there's attraction and you fall and you go for it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that was the right thing to do at the time that you did it. And that's how people get hurt. That's how I know I got hurt, right? And you have to also recognize the hand that you have in some of your bad luck when it comes to relationships. And that's part of it. And just being mature and and looking back on, not even mature, just being honest with yourself and maturing through that honesty. Looking back on some of the reasons why, like, relationships in my life didn't work out is because that it wasn't supposed to. Your shit wasn't together. You were trying to hold down this fort. And relationships, especially when you're in the earlier stages, require nurturing and attention. And you can, and, and for me, you can't. I've never seen a water hose that had two sides. It's in or out. And I was trying to fucking cut holes in the water hose so everybody got fed. And even that eliminates your ability to pour like you should. Yeah, you fuck up the water hose, you can't unfuck it up. Right. And I had a couple fucked up water hoses. And And as you continue to replace that water hose, it gets more, it gets harder. And it gets more expensive to do, bro. I'm in therapy behind a couple, uh, behind the ways that some of my hearts got, my heart got broken. And the way that I got hurt in a couple of these situations. It's expensive to fix the water hose. But this time, we've replaced the hose. This is a very expensive hose. Okay. And this time, it's flowing. It's working out. The romantic or platonic relationships that I have in my life right now are on solid ground, understanding. And honestly, they're solid because I am. I know what the fuck I'm doing. The training wheels are off a little bit. And I think that's a lot of what 30 was, why I was so like scared of 30 and where my anxiety were com- was coming from because this shit counts. At 30, it's not, if I was just like, oh, I'm 28 or I'm 27. And that that kind of like, you're not young 20 anymore. So young 20 mistakes don't like 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really get... You can still get away with being doing dumbass 20-year-old shit in your late 20s. But at 30, people expect something out of you. It's in, like, it counts. It really does count. And I was scared of that. I've always, like, had a parachute. And this time, I don't. When you leap, bitch, it, it has to count. You either got the wings or you don't. And I got the fucking wings, dog. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not about having juice anymore. Juice expires. Bro, juice expires. How old is that can of ragu in your fucking, uh, in your pantry, though? Sauce is forever. And right now, my shit's saucy. But you always got juice. You stole that from Gucci. Sure did. Sure did. And guess what? And guess what? I still have juice, though. Don't ever get it fucked up. We just pour it a little less. I enjoy, I enjoyed the fuck out of my fucking 20s, dog. Enjoyed it. I say it all the time. I'm so glad, and metaphorically and literally, I'm so glad I popped my pussy in my 20s. I am so glad I got that shit out of my system. I am so glad that I lived a very, very wonderful and adventurous 20-year-old life. So I'm not 30, 40, 40, or even fucking some of these 50-year-olds that be in the club all the fucking time looking for shit that you should have grasped a long time ago. I don't want to be that. And not that I was ever going to be that, but it is refreshing to know that I am exactly who I want to be to myself first and foremost. And not to be arrogant and say that I don't owe nobody shit, because, but that, and I think that that's a false reality. You are obligated to the people in your life. You owe people more of you. And if you can't give that, you owe them an honest you. I'm glad that the lessons that I learned in my 20s were learned in my 20s. I'm just thankful. I'm just I'm just you're going to you're going to learn these lessons soon, sooner or later. We just hope they're, they're sooner instead of later. Baby, the universe don't get tired. The universe you're going to get tired before the universe does. That she's not going to let up. She's not going to let up. And every time you think you have to learn that lesson, it's going to get the circumstances behind the lesson are going to get harder and fucking harder and fucking harder. The biggest lesson I learned about that was in school. Do you know how hard it is to be a 30-year-old student? Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about... You know what? Let's talk about it. Um, it's hard to be a 30-year-old student, and that's something that I may experience here soon wait a minute what do you mean i listen uh segue (laughs) the segue king everyone has asked me reached out to me um respectfully and not respectfully as far as like what's going on with me what do you mean not respectfully i don't know what that means Oh, listen, like I've had to I've had to kind of check myself because I'm I don't know where along the way I've given this I've given this um impression that like anybody can just kind of come up to me and, and, and speak their mind. But people have and it's like, you know, I had to kind of check myself because. They're trying to do it out of love. Girl, what are you doing? I'm sorry. Like, there was some fucking thing on my bed, and you know how I am about my bed. It was pissing me off. 
Sorry, but I was listening to you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, y'all. Like, oh my God. It pissed me off. Um, where I had to kind of check myself because people are doing that out of love, but like there's certain people who shouldn't feel like they have enough access to me. Period. To 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 to, to try to give me advice. Talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? If you can't call me. Period. I don't need your advice. And I don't and and I'm and I, I try to say that like I understand you're trying to you're your intentions are good, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Period. Calvin, let me tell you something. And let me finish. Let me finish. My bad. Go ahead. So I say I like to say because a lot of people have asked me what's going on with me, what's going on. Like I see you. What's like? What's up? In due time, I will address every single thing that has happened to me. You don't have to do that. I don't have to. I know I don't have to. This is more so I'll do it on my time and I also will do it when I'm on the other side of it. I don't I'm not going I'm no longer going to update everyone on the storm while the storm is coming. Um I'm going to tell y'all how I got through it. Right. Um and part of that is, you know, making pivot, but like I just Excuse me. Those who know know and at a time frame, because I do care about the people who take time out for a day to, 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 to listen to me rant and talk shit for, for an extended period of time, I will update y'all on what happened after it happened. You feel me? I don't, so, so I say all that to say, yes, I'm, I'm very much aware of how hard it is to be a 30-year-old student. But also, I feel like we're, we're constantly learning. I feel like the moment you stop learning, you start dying. I agree. And, and I don't, life will humble you. To, and if you think you know everything, life will make sure you are aware that you don't. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say, like, yeah, it's probably difficult. But it's also, like, you're learning. You're continuing to learn. You're continuing to grow. And I think 30 for you, you know. Is, is is that time where you learn, but you also execute. Um, I think that, and you said it best. You just said it best. 30 is where you execute what you learn. It's about execution at this point. No, at the end of this decade, and I think I keep reminding myself that at the end of the next, in the next 10 years, I'm going to have a grown-ass man. My child will be a grown man. Out of my house, maybe. Who knows? He'll be doing something. But like, I don't want to be the mom who has nothing to offer her kid. This, that, that doesn't read to me. Uh, yeah. Like if at a certain point, everything that we do, and, and, you, and you get on me a lot about talking about brand and legacy, but at the end of the day, the legacy, the legacy that we leave is not, is not, purely material it's it's did, did you do good for others did you leave the world a better place than once you found it it's not who kicked it the most or who kicked it the least it's not some of the frivolous shit it's not ig camp captions and likes it's literally what did you leave to people that loved you after you after you're gone and how did you make people's lives better and so now as as we get older that's that's the thought process it's like okay what did you do and what and what did you leave? Like, that's the legacy. That's what 
you know, that's what I think about. And I think that's what you're thinking about is like, okay, what, how do we, how do we pivot and how do we move in a way that like, you know, tomorrow's not promised. How do I move when, when I go that the people who love me, the people who cared for me, the people I took care of, they have something tangible to, 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 to kind of hold on to because of the work I did while I was on the surf. Right. I want my son to literally never have to worry. And he doesn't. And that's the crazy part. He doesn't right now. And I take, and I don't do this as often as I know I should, but, and no, I can't say that. Because every time I get the chance to show appreciation, I absolutely do. Braylon's Village is crazy. And let me tell you what happened. Real quick segue, right? Quick, quick, quick stops, right? We got, listen, we haven't recorded in two weeks. Y'all gonna hear our mouths, okay? So, <laughs> Kittle locked himself out of the house. It'd be like that sometimes. He was taking out the garbage. This time, I actually, I was not home. I was on my way, but I was not home. I think I'd ran out to the store. And he's old enough to be able to sit in the house for an hour or two while I run in there. Like, honey, I was at home by myself at like eight. Listen, because I think people, you know, I remember, you know, people, the pandemic has kind of fucked people up because they're like, how did, uh, how did uh, parent, our parents have nine to fives and we got out of school at three? Because, nigga, we took the bus. We went home. We went. We got, had a key. We, 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 oh, we unlocked it, locked the door back, and sat down and watched cartoons and they answered the door for nobody. My nigga, you don't answer that fucking door for fucking nobody because anybody who needs to get in here when I'm not home has a key. And you want to know something? Nobody has a key to my house. And nobody has a key to my house. Nobody. Not a soul. So, but yeah, that's how we, that's how our parents watched us with nine to fives and we got home at three. We, we took our asses to the bus or walked home. We got, we got to the crib, unlocked and locked the door with the key yeah. and, and sat down and watched TV until our parents came home. They and got, I think, and, yeah. And my older brother is three years older than me. So like we had, like he was kiddo's age watching us. So it was like, all right. And it wasn't like he was watching us. He was on his own video game. Like, bro, and my, I, my parents wanted to go do some shit and everybody wanted to go. And I was like, not wanting to go. I didn't have to go. Want to know why? Because we whooped their ass. Bro, I got my ass whooped. <laughs> Let's be real. Spare, spare the ride, spoil the child. Baby, I'm spoiled and I got my ass whooped. I think that's why I'm not a punk. Because, bro, nobody hits harder than my father to this day. And I've taken a couple punches. Nobody to this day hits harder than my dad. I ain't want that shit. My dad accidentally, we were play fighting. I still, I absolutely still spar with my dad. I spar with him all the time. And he, like, I'm throwing jabs at my dad. He throwing them back. And, of course, my dad is up there in age. My dad is pushing 80. So, like, yeah, like, I'm faster than him, obviously. Man. He caught my ass, bro, and knocked me clean across the fucking kitchen. Bro, I was so goddamn mad. <laughs> I was like, bro, I don't want to play no more. He's like, oh, now you don't want to play. And I took your little jabs. I said, dad, I wasn't trying to punch you for real, bro. You trying to fucking kill me. But listen, like. <laughs> play fight with your girl be like that sometimes. She you be, know, if, listen. If, 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 if she hits you a little hard, you be like, listen, if I hit you a little hard back, we're going to have an issue. Relax. Yeah, but like. <laughs> It brings me back to the point. My son knows. My son, I would not say fear because I don't parent in fear. I'm not, that's not even, that's not who I am. But my son knows I'm not playing. I'm not playing with you. 
And because of the kind of personality that my son has, I've never had to be like, a, I don't believe in spanking, to be honest with you. But did I get my ass whipped? Absolutely. I don't personally believe in spanking for my parenting style, but if that's what you feel like you need to do to handle your business, who the hell am I? I don't have to raise that little crotch rocket. You do. So if you need whatever you need to do to get your child's attention, now hear me. I did not say abuse. I did not say, like, go there because, dog, like, some of y'all be taking it to the 12. I did not fucking say that. Some of y'all be taking out y'all little bullshit on your kids or you resent the fact that you had a kid. Or you decided to have a child for all the wrong reasons. Some of, some of y'all be mad that your kid look like your daddy. Like <laughs> I mean, like some of y'all really like, or, or and even men, like, and I think not being present in the child's life is absolutely abuse. That's abuse. That's abuse. And it sucks that like people don't see it that way, but that's absolutely abusive. And that's why, and to go there, that's exactly why I don't like dating a lot of men with kids. And especially, and let me not find out that you're not doing more than what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. Let me find out you're a bad parent. Not only, I might embarrass you about that. I might shame you into being with your fucking kid. I'm not going to be with you, but I'm absolutely on my way out that door. I'm going to let you know that you're a terrible parent. I don't even, what's crazy is that I want to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I got female friends who are bad moms. I don't know any bad mothers. All the moms I know are top-notch women. I was about to say, I know some bad mamas, but you're not friends with them. <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know bad moms. Listen, I don't know bad moms. I know, I know some mom. Never mind. I, listen, I don't want to be petty. I'm not. I, listen, I'm not going. To, I don't want to be petty, be, but I just know. No. I know some. I know some. 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 Some situations where the kid called grandma mom and the kid called mom her name. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because the kid, because like the kid just used to being with grandma so much, he think grandma mom. Oh, that's not the case. That's not the case. And he think the mom, like, auntie or some shit. You know what I mean? Like To be transparent, let's be clear. Because I always stand in my truth. I'm never never ashamed of the past Alex. I love that bitch, actually. That's my dog. Past Alex got future Alex exactly where the fuck she needs to be, bro. That's my dog. Like, Tripp was talking to her about that. Shout out to Tripp Fontaine. He was talking about that on his Instagram, and it hit home. Because I love the fuck. Bro, I'm not ashamed of shit. I needed that bitch. I needed her. She was down. She can't come on this part of the journey just because it would be like, it it would hinder me. It would harm me to to hold that space anymore. So I can't be mad at people if that's the only space that they have ever seen me in. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I was not always this polished. I did not always have it this together. I did not. And I'm not shameful of any of that shit because you know what? We had fucking fun. But on some cool shit, like, that's, that's what you're supposed to do. But I'm going to be real. There are things about past Alex that future Alex is responsible for. And she's always going to be responsible for. Because accountability. My son is my biggest lesson about accountability. I know what accountability is. I just don't like it. And it takes me a minute to get around to it. But I know exactly what I'm staring at. My problem is that I know what my problem is. I pick and choose when I want to fix it. If I want to fix it. And it pisses off everybody, everybody around me off. Everybody. Because you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. It pisses everybody off. Y'all mad at me. Y'all be mad at me, honestly, because y'all know I already know the answer. I'm scared of it is the problem. 
You right. You right to say, all right, go. I you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm I'm very honest. So to be real about it, I had Braylon. I got pregnant at 17. I don't think I've ever talked about it. I got pregnant with my son at 17 years old. And mind you, I had a full ride scholarship to Indiana University for journalism when I got pregnant with my son. Okay. And I watched the look in my father's eyes. Not my mom, because I expected that. I, I expected mom. You know what I mean? Like, my mom didn't have um, her first child, and so she, was, she graduated pregnant. So, like, graduated from college pregnant. Like, so I watched my mom, and, like, I felt that. I understood. But my dad, he was hurt. He was very hurt. Obviously. Like, hurt, hurt. But my dad looked me in my eye and he said, I don't kill anything with my blood in it. I knew that regardless of whatever the circumstances were to come from being a parent, my dad was going to have my back through it. He was hurt. And we went through it. Oh, whew. we went through. It. I think that's why my son reminds look like if you met my dad, you would see my son and my dad. And I think that I, and I know why I had a boy. I know exactly why I had a boy. And, but with this child, I was a baby. I was a baby having a baby. No fucking clue what I'm getting myself into. No clue. But I was determined. I was going to do it. I was not prepared for how fucking hard that shit is. I don't think anything prepares you for how fucking hard parenting is. Nothing prepares you for parenting but parenting. I'm a parent. I've been a parent my entire adult life. And I think that's also why I'm so private about my motherhood aspect of my life. Because I'm not dense. I know what I look like to y'all, to the people who don't know. I know what it looks like. And if my son ever made decisions in his life that I may or may not agree with, if my son was a failure, quote unquote, which is not gonna happen. But if my son disappointed or did something embarrassing somehow some way somebody would would equate my 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 life as an adult woman to some my motherhood and they are not the same what i choose to do in anybody's fucking streets has never been anything to do with how i run my fucking household and let me tell you motherfucker something it's a tight shit my son is on honor roll in the middle of a fucking pandemic where half of his school year started online. Then he had to go back to class full time. And I was petrified for my baby. The worst thing I can say about Braylon is that the nigga just don't know he stinks yet. It's driving me crazy, bro. But that's puberty. And I have to learn how to outthink an 11 year old. Which is a little more complicated than you think. Because I want to get it right on my turn. Which required a village. And in this village, it included my mom. And my mom made sacrifices for me and my child. That as a mom, now that I'm a mom, and now that I'm a grown-ass woman mom, I'm 30. 
I'm a grown-ass woman. I've got some life under me. I know what the fuck I'm talking about these days. So it's like, imagining me making those same sacrifices, I would do it. I would be pissed off. Which explains some of my mom's attitude sometimes. Me and my mom are both Aries women. We're never wrong until we're ready to be wrong. So we, but me, woo, we. But if I ever needed a common ground, if I ever needed to find safety and shelter for me and my child, I knew where I could go. And I did exactly that. And the first rule of parenting is that you come last, dead last. And the one thing that I'm grateful for that I grasped, the concept that I'm glad that I grasped very early is that doing what's best for your child is never about you. And if the system works, it fucking works. But everybody around this motherfucker pulls their weight. And I'm proud of that. And I think that's like, honestly, another reason why I'm not pressed to have more children or raise anybody else's. Um... The opportunity to have more children has, obviously, it's been presented. It's, it's obvious. God had other plans for me. And I'm finally understanding why that was because I felt broken. I felt, and with my son, I am so proud. And I'm so protective. And I'm I'm very private about it. What's crazy is that People forget I have a son until I talk about him because I don't talk about him. He's also of the age where he has a right to choose how he wants to be presented to the world. And he also has a right to privacy. Sometimes I think y'all overpost your children. And my kid is very camera shy. He does not like taking pictures. Hates it. Hates it. He hid his school pictures from me because he hates taking pictures. Like, <laughs> it's special. And it's the one part of my life that belongs to just me. I'm a mom. And it's private. It's none of your good goddamn business. And the only people who truly know are the ones that I know that when my son, for instance, locks his dumb ass out of the house and I'm a little out of reach, are going to go grab my baby. Those people. Or when emergencies happen, they drop what they're doing. Those people. For instance, I'm filling out, I'm doing summer camp paperwork right now. And Braylon's emergency contact, like, include his godmother and another non-blood relative. Like, his circle is, like, the fact that my best friends also love the fuck out of my son. Y'all, y'all, sometimes how I know y'all love my kid is even if we're fucked up, you're going to do the right thing for my kid. And those are the only people allowed around him. There are people who've known me for years, have never met my child. You met him on accident. I don't bring nobody around that part of my life. It's not your fucking business. But that's 30 for me. and. That's my focus. That's my only focus right now. It's my, literally my only focus. So I'm going to flirt, of course. And we're going to date 
Absolutely. Because dating is fun. It's fulfilling. It is. If you're dating correctly, it is fulfilling. It is very fulfilling. Everybody wants to know what that feels like. And sexual sexual attention is kind of fun. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like in my most active dating was I actually enjoying it. I had a blast. And maybe because I'm a woman. So like that's, dating- what, that's what I think it is. Because <laughs> I think like so I put it like this, like, and I, I hate to transition from this mushy Nah, we cool. You know, you know, you know what what I'm gonna talk about like, like that. Like dating as a woman, I can imagine it's fun because you got you just you, you you're you're often receiving more than you're giving, at least in the initial stages. Uh, no, no, no. I can't say that. And if you've dated you me... not? If you've dated me... We're talking... We're, we're, wait, we're wait. talking like... We're talking courting, right? We're talking yes. courting, right? I'm talking about dating. Yes, Calvin. Not me. I'll be real. Yeah. Oh, my God. Pick me to it. You're going to have a ball. If you a trick, just say that. <laughs> you know I'm a trick. Anyway, bro, if I like your ass, I am tricking. Whatever the fuck you want, daddy. But, but how, how often do you know that you like somebody? But like, let me tell you is, something. Dog, yeah. <laughs> and like three to six hours, Calvin, I don't fucking know. I fall in love every day. But like, listen, <laughs> I'm going to learn peace. But like, hear me out. The second time we go out, it's on me. I don't even tell you. I don't even tell you. Honestly, I paid for a couple first dates. If I've asked you out on a date, I'm paying for it. I have every intention I'm paying for it. If I want your time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absolutely ask you out on a date. At this point in my life, I'm shooting the fucking shot, okay? What I- but, but that's what I like. So Okay, so, so here's why I feel like more women need to shoot their shot. I've never had a nigga tell me no to a date. What's crazy? You know, you know why? Okay. Like, all right, let's put this. What's let's, crazy? Let's, Wait. Let's, I had a nigga one time. <laughs> some funny shit. I had a nigga one time accept my date. We're on the date. And he tells me he has a girlfriend. So I made him pay for it. Because what? He a better person than me. I would I would at least wait until after you, you, wrote, <laughs> you wrote the bill. He told me, like, literally told me. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, you're a really great date. And it's unfortunate. I was like, why is this unfortunate? He's like, man. He said, I can't even lie to you. Like, I have a girlfriend. I said, oh, I respect the fuck out of that. So when the check came, I just looked at my phone. But like, <laughs> okay. okay. Let me, let me, give me the floor real quick. You got it. The reason why you've <laughs> never been told no when you've been at, when you've asked somebody out. Yeah. It is so rare for a man to feel wanted early in the sporting stage. You feel what I'm saying? So follow me here. And I'm, I'm going to try to make all of this make sense. Right. In, in, in the traditional patriarchal, heteronormative relationship society that we in. Look at me knowing words. Oh my god. Um <laughs> nigga 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 read bell hooks one time. Anyway. Oh my uh, fucking god, Calvin. Bye. Nah, cause everybody think I'm toxic. I gotta just prove niggas wrong every now and then. You um, are fucking toxic, Calvin. You just so happen to have a girlfriend. Stop fucking playing. I'm a great person. What are you talking about? Well, you just so happen to be the least toxic of your friends. But Calvin, stop fucking playing. I am an angel. 
Anyway. In comparison, nigga. In comparison. Listen, I'm listen, I am an angel. Okay? I am if if I I am an angel compared to a lot of niggas if we keeping it a buck. Anyway. Let me back to my fucking point. Bye. Nigga. Okay. <laughs> so in, in the society that we're in, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I, I shoot my shot at you. You know, you you may you may just accept it because you you're afraid of what I do if I reject if I if you reject it. We go out on a date. You may go out on a date because you're hungry and you just want some free food, like whatever the case may be. I don't know these things. I'm not going to know anything until like we go through the day. I talk to you, whatever. So like for most of us, the first couple dates. It's coming out of our own pocket. You know what I mean? Like, and like, sometimes w- women say like, why you waste my time? I didn't waste your time. I tried to get to know you and I got to know you and I realized I don't like you anymore. <laughs> Here we I go. didn't waste your, I didn't waste your time. Like I was, I was giving it the good old kind the of thin line, The thin line between that, right? And I'm not saying it's right because you know how I feel about ghosting. I don't fucking care. If I no longer suit you, you have every right to leave. My, you you can go. I don't want to hold on to anybody that does not want me to hold them. And you will not make it hard. I don't make it hard to be with. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a hard person to be with. I am a hard person to get to know. I will say that. But like, so, but when I say when I say like, the reason why is because it's so rare for us for a woman to eat a woman. Could like the fuck out of us. She could have a hugest kindergarten crush, but will never tell it. Will never tell a soul. Will just wait, wait for you to figure it out like Morse code. Like so, it's so rare for us to get that initial. I'm fucking with you. Energy. We take it back from it. Like oh shit. You know what I'm saying? Like literally, like you want to know how niggas is horse. Niggas, is, listen. You pay for you pay for a nigga date, nigga. You could go ahead and slide them draws to the side, like niggas Baby. is horse, bro. And what's crazy? Niggas, because I niggas, know where to take you. Like I know where niggas I'm going to Niggas is niggas is so not used to getting treated in any sort of decent way in the beginning. But if, if you do that, you stand the fuck out from all these other bitter women. And, and I'm not saying bitter because it's a, it's a stereotype. But I'm like you you like me just as much as you I like you. But you let everyone else tell you that I need to spend X amount of money on you before you can show me that you like me. So now that I've done reached whatever imaginary threshold you got in your head, and now I'm over here like, do you like me back or not? And now, and, and now you want to finally show you like me back, and then you wonder why I'm a little cold. Look. I mean, let me tell you something. If, if it's a group project, I done did most of the work. I'm waiting for you to catch up. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I believe in reciprocity. Because I guarantee as a woman, if I give you love, I need that in return. I need that. I need it. And there's certain ways that if you really fucking with me, you'll understand and you'll, you'll want to learn what loving me is, feels like to be loved in, in the way it feels like love to me. Put it on me. And I think and that... That's real. That's real as fuck. That's real as fuck because it's like... And I'm not cutting you off, but like... It's real as fuck because I see you all the time... Make love to me. I see all the time, I don't know what to get my nigga for Christmas. I don't know what to get my nigga for my birthday. I don't know what to get my nigga for our anniversary. You haven't been paying attention. Because he's been telling you what he needs. Men, like, 
Men we don't ask not- you. Men will not ask you. I'm sorry. I've never had a boyfriend who asked me for something like that. Like something that you really want. Like you want one. Unless I'm like, okay, what do you want for your birthday? I always ask. So I have an idea. And I'll go from there. And honestly, if I'm truly stumped, at this point, I know somebody close enough around you to point me in the right direction. At this point, I could reach out to a friend or whatever. Like I can- Or you could just be, you could honestly- even if a nigga don't tell you, even if a nigga don't tell you directly, right? Like, what do you want, man? Honestly, part of a reason niggas don't tell you directly is because it's a trauma response. Because we've never really had our our wants centered in 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 that, in that way. So it's like, well, shit. I'm gonna I didn't be honest. Know. I don't. But that's also me. I don't like men who don't know who they are. I mean, I don't like men who don't believe that they deserve that. Because that means that everything that I do is gonna knock your socks off, and I'm gonna be appreciative. Uh, I'm gonna be appreciative of it, right? Like, oh yeah, sure, babe. But I don't want you to think that you're not deserving of it, and that's the part that I I struggle with because you are deserving of it. And if I didn't think that you weren't, I wouldn't have done it. And so, and so, and that's like we talk often about like how people's past experiences have left them with trauma that they have to, you know what I'm saying? But they, that they don't even know they have. Yeah, and a lot of, and, and, so, and so in this scenario, it's like, look, like he don't even know that he's worth gifts and shit too, because every person he's dealt with has, has looked at him as, as like, no nigga, like the only thing I'm providing is this pussy. But, well, you know, and, and so it's like, so, so now he's like, you want once, if you keep, running into those experiences you become conditioned to think that's all that you that's all that you're offered and so then when you find somebody who's actually offering hey like i'm trying to show you love the way you show me love it it fucks with it so that's why like even though a nigga may not tell you if you really actually like this nigga you you you're able to pick up on the shit that he wants the shit that he likes it also confuses me right because niggas have had all these jaded i mean i get it right niggas be jaded motherfuckers be like shit hurts love sucks sometimes but like have you you've never dated a woman who liked you because when i like a lot of these a lot of these niggas have it and i'm telling you this very much clearly like a lot of these a lot of these niggas out here have never they've never dated a woman that's liked them for them they've dated women that like what they that they have done for the women like, you've never dated anybody who, like, fuck with you. And that bothers me, too, because it's just like, then you're going to meet me. You're going to be jaded. You're going to hold back. You're going to do the annoying shit that jaded men fucking do. And it's like, dog, I don't know if I necessarily have the patience to deal with somebody who's emotionally unavailable. The dick is good, though. Gee, thanks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have the capacity for that. It, it's, it's, the cycle that we, it's the cycle that we're in right now, where it's like, somebody breaks somebody's heart. Of course. That, that that heartbroken person goes into the next relationship with the non-heartbroken individual, is jaded, is fucked up, breaks that person's heart, and a bit of the cycle continues. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that's why, like, women tell on themselves, oh, people tell on themselves a lot on ways that they don't think they know. Like, you don't, you not knowing what to get your partner for a anniversary, a birthday gift, a Christmas gift is telling on you. That means you're not paying attention. Now, it's like, or you're not paying attention, or and you also don't have enough close 
connections to the people around that person to ask like, hey, like what's what what's one thing beloved could really use right now? Like she got every, she got everything that she you know what I'm saying that I feel like she she could want, but what's one thing that you know maybe I'm I'm not seeing? You know what right. I mean? So or like I hey, think like, that what's... to be real, like again, you gotta pay it like to the people that I love. Like that's what I say when I tell you that I love you. I am a huge trick. I am. I trick off all my friends. It's not even about rom- romance because sometimes y'all get random ass cash apps from me all the time. Like, bro, Alex bought lunch today, or shit. Alex knows I'm having a rough time. Here's a bottle of wine. Like, bro, my friends get. I like, bro. Sometimes, and I'll be real with you. I think we tell each other that we love each other, but I also think that tangible presence of love and how you fuck with me matters too. And that doesn't mean that oh, what have you done for me lately? But sometimes you do need to know that like. I love you and I got you. And when I want to spend time with you, sometimes it's it's on me. Like you, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like for instance, me and beloved are going on a date tomorrow. I I, I was made aware this time. Uh, shut up, Calvin. But like, yeah, I can't wait. Taking her out. We, I can't wait. Y'all have y'all y'all have fun. Y'all have fun. Rock um, girl shit. Uh, can't talk right now. Uh, damn, she really doing me the whole hot girl shit with my man picking me up later. I'm gonna fight her. She really <laughs> is, bro. And she doing it with your co-host, so I get to talk about it. <laughs> anyway, Calvin, would you like to explain the sport? Uh, yes. What do you, do you need anything in particular explained, or you just want what the fuck's going on? Calvin, I was just gonna let you have the floor to talk about shit I don't want to talk about. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I just you know, it's like, is there anything in particular? Uh. Okay. So. What's going on right now, um, and you know, I, I think this needs to be said, and we've been, I've been avoiding the Deshaun Watson stuff because it's just been, it's been a lot, and it, with everything else going on, it didn't necessarily seem real, you know, fair to talk about it, but, um, and it's also sensitive because we've seen, we've seen both sides happen, so Deshaun Watson is a quarterback for the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the young, best niggas in the league. He is, he is the Megan Thee Stallion of quarterback. Got it. Okay, so like, or more accurately, Tory Lanez during quarantine radio before he shot Meg. Uh. Uh-uh. Like he's he's put in the work. He's bubbling up. He got to, he 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 looked like the next nigga. Right. He looked he he looked like he on. Right. And so Deshaun Watson plays for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans is like the equivalent of 1501 records. Oh, Megan's old label. Got it. Great talent, terrible management. Just just the shitty ass management just out here just not fucking doing shit right. You feel me? <laughs> so Deshaun Watson was like, hey, I want to trade. Similar to Megan's like, no, nigga, renegotiate my deal. Like, what the fuck is up? And Houston, Texas initially was like, Carl Crawford, like, nigga, no. No. No, We're not not trading you. We're not letting you out of the shit, nigga. You work for us. Come play. And Deshaun's like, nigga, well, I will hold out all this. So so that's the backdrop. And so then um, a story comes where uh, someone is accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual assault or sexual misconduct. More, more accurately, sexual misconduct. And I go lie, the initial, and especially because the lawyer for the for the initial person with the suit was a friend of 
the owner for the Houston Texans. So that'd be like Carl Crawford's sister, homegirl, saying Megan like assaulted her in the club. It'd be like it would look fishy. Exactly. It's like okay, like you you, this, you see this man, he trying to get out of here, trying to get traded, and now and now out of nowhere, a, 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 a lawsuit claiming sexual misconduct comes up. And so it seemed a little fishy. Just like I know hashtag believe women, but it's also like this is really convenient timing. That was one case. Fast forward, we're now at 22. And so I say this to say, and we're, we're going back and forth. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson actually won a, a case where the women were forced to kind of identify themselves. Yes. Because they, uh, they initially kind of all filed anonymously. And Deshaun was like, nah, like, I feel like I need to, I feel like I, I, I need to know the identity of my accusers. Right. They, so, so but there's 22 people that have come forward all alleging like sexual misconduct with him. You know, a lot of them saying that like he, and, and the stories are relatively similar where he asked, he, he asked for a massage through IG. He shows up and he, 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 he only wears a towel. He doesn't wear the full sheet. And then like wants them to give him like happy endings and shit, like, and tries to suggest it. And I say that to say this, right? Because I was one of those people when the first sexual assault case came out was like, okay, this sound like the sound of the time to sound a little fishy. Like the lawyer is like dude's man's like if, if this is this if this how y'all trying to do this nigga because he wants out. Mm-hmm. The law of averages and numbers, and you know me, I'm a numbers nigga. The law of averages and numbers say that all 22 women aren't lying. Right. That. All twenty-two women are like just for averages say that like niggas some some of these women are telling the truth, especially because all it's 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 not all the exact same story, but it all has a similar theme. And so I say I say all that to say, um, it's it's a very sensitive time because you 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 we don't know these people, we just know what they do, and you want to believe that these persons. Because Deshaun was one of the people who was helping out uh, Texans workers during the pandemic and mm-hmm. all of this shit, right? He was a, he he was a quote unquote good dude, but at the end of the day, you kind of have to remove your feelings about certain shit mm-hmm. and just really examine the facts, right? Like it's and like the reason I'm mentioning now because because he, he they responded to the allegations and the women's names by like saying that like eight women wanted to work with Deshaun after this, five of them wanted money, this, that, trying to discredit them in their stories. And I say, you know, sometimes you gotta remove emotion, right? And it's like, hey, how likely is it that 22 different people from different walks of life who don't know each other from Adam and Eve all came together to make sure they lied on you? Mm -hmm. And Yes, you, you. It's a civil suit, not a criminal suit. So the burden of proof is a little different. But and you, you let it, you let it play out. But you also like, come on, nigga, like, right. all the it, all the, all twenty two women ain't lying. And that's something I have to say more, not necessarily for the women who listen, but for the niggas who listen. Like, you know what I mean? There's certain things that you ain't got to die on the hill of. And Deshaun Watson is not one of those people for me right now, where I'm dying on the hill of like he right the twenty two different women who accused him are wrong. I mean, and and if it ha- if it happens to play out where 
he is exonerated and he is able to prove it like that what they say happened didn't happen, then I'll revisit my stance. But like, come on, bro, like stop being there. Um that is Calvin Explains the Sports. And, and then we're, now we're going to get into the in memoriam portion of this podcast. Because again, we, we, were, we, we were trying to record and, and honor DMX, and then Spectrum decided to hoe Ali Nicole. Oh my um, God. Say hoe me. So first, so, first things first, uh, rest in peace to Earl Simmons, AKA DMX, who died at 50. Um, Y'all know by now by by an apparent drug overdose. Um, I appreciated DMX the person more appreciated DMX the music. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying that like his music was trashing me. It's not. No, no, not even though even though I could never hear Party Up again and I'll be all right because white clubs play the entire fuck. fuck. White clubs play the entire. Fuck out of party up, and as someone who went to Miami University at Oxford, Ohio, <laughs> I have heard party up enough times to last a lifetime. Baby, but then, if you have older, if you work with elder black people, you done heard y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Y'all gonna make me go all out, and so literally, and so when I say I appreciate the person. DMX by no means was perfect. Right. And he, but he was often the first person who told you that. And he was so open and honest and raw with everything that he was went through. Um, the, the disheartening, the super sad fact of like an OG, well, uh, someone he considered an OG, someone he considered like a big brother, was the one who got him hooked on hooked on drugs because he he, he handed him a, a a lace blunt with crack and didn't tell him. Didn't tell him. And. And he had no fucking clue. No fucking clue. And DMX literally fought that addiction the rest of his life. Um, Can we park the car right here? Because I need to cuss. Not cuss y'all out. Because I'm not in the mood for that. What I am going to say is this, though. What I am going to say is this. I don't. I'm trying to be careful with my words, Calvin. Well, what are you trying to say? Some of you niggas are harmful to children, which is another reason why I'm so protective over who has access to my kid. Like, I'm not playing with you. I think that when you, and when I sit back and I think about some of the relationships of the, with the elder people in my life, not necessarily family, but like just old enough to be like, you know, Close in age, but you're the adult. I'm the clear child in the situation. I'm clearly the child in the situation, okay? Impressionable as fuck. Some of y'all don't take good enough care and don't take how serious it is to have a child, an impressionable child, in your presence as a grown-ass person. Grown-ass adult. No, you're not raising nobody's fucking babies, but you absolutely need to watch what you do and how you do it and what you say and how you say it around these damn kids. A lot of you niggas, a lot of you niggas want the title of OG without the responsibilities. There are uh, responsibilities to these fucking kids. There are responsibilities to these young men that y'all want to foster these relationships with. Y'all be turning these kids out. And it's not cool. 
and I, I, I look at it even now. Like I'm not it, sorry, Calvin. It, I'm, ooh, I'm trying not to cut you off. I'm trying, I'm trying, but I feel very, I'm very passionate about that because I know that as a mom, right? My parents were not my only influences at all. They're their greatest influence, but you're not. And kid, I need to know that they're like dog. That the people around my son are not exposing him to no bullshit. And of course, he's going to find safe spaces with these people. So I may not find out when I need to know. Right? But as a mom, you always find out. It's about when you need to know. That if somebody ever put my child in that kind of situation, Calvin, I would die about it. You and me. I'm going to make it worth my while. Okay? If I'm going to jail, I'm going to make it worth my while. So I just, I, I often imagine what life would have been like for DMX outside of his trauma. And sometimes consuming his music sometimes made me feel selfish because the only reason why he was able to give us that kind of art was because of the pain that he went through. And that's just not fucking fair. A lot, of, a lot of our most talented artists are often our most troubled. In but these niggas be in pain. Like, when you listen to certain artists, bro, these niggas be in pain, bro. Like, your, Eminem was in pain. He was in pain. And he found art through music, and the world loved him and hated him for it. Like, a lot of these artists are the exact same way. When you listen to some of these stories, like, Tina Turner was able to give... We would not have Tina Turner without Ike. And when you listen to her tell her life story and the kind of abuse that woman endured, she regretted it out of her mouth. Like, we consumed his pain and we found peace in that. Like, that's, that's powerful. Like, it, it kind of remind me of um, Chadwick Boseman a little bit. Like, when, like the, the death hit me kind of in a very similar I'll, way. I'll, I'll say this. Seeing how the timeline reacted to the... Because DMX's death was like a several-day event. And I, yeah. I know I, it sounds crazy to say that. But, like, it was like he's on life support. And then it just the misinformation and then the, the retractions and all of that. Oh, yeah. See, Talk about see, that shit. Seeing, seeing how DMX's last days played out. Was horrible. Makes me understand all the more why Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. and his family did not tell us shit. Nothing. About what he was going through. We, we didn't know Chadwick was sick until he died. Right. Like, like we talked about when, when we saw that weight loss, we 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 thought it was for a movie role. We was like, okay, what you, what y'all was doing? What y'all was playing? Like, but he got they got him all skinny. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and so seeing how DMX's last day played out made me understand that decision even more than I already did. But also, if you alleged journalists and news sources and tea spillers. Shade room wannabes, TMZ wannabes, in a rush to be first, you forget to be right. The other part about it is what I am very glad that I saw across my timeline and honestly across the world 
was everybody sharing moments of DMX enjoying himself. I am apparently am the only nigga in the world who didn't meet DMX. Bro, I did not meet DMX. Like, bro, I'd be in the Bronx. I'd be in New York. Like, I'm apparently one of the only niggas who did not just have a random meeting with DMX. I saw DMX at an Albanian wedding. The story of, story of DMX driving the promoter's car to pick up his kid. And like, you know what I'm really happy for? <laughs> Shout out to Versus. Yeah. DMX, a few months prior, had his verses, and we and we were able to appreciate all that this man gave us musically, and he was able to smell his flowers, and he was able to like have his twenty hits, and everybody tell him like you a legend. We saw him happy. We saw him just you know living his best life, and I'm just glad that he was able to kind of get those roses while he was still here we didn't know that we had only so much time with him left but i'm glad he was able to do that while he was alive it made my heart smile to see how much he like you know what i have a sibling and they do this thing when they're pissed off they make their bad day your bad day and it pisses me off and anytime the sibling gets like that i have to distance myself because like they make me want to put my hands on them so DMX instead, he gave us like, and it looked like, from what it looked like, right? He was going through what he was going through, but he didn't make that anybody else's problem. Like emotionally. The people around him loved him. Now I'm going to be honest because I do have a couple addicts in my family and I see what addiction does to the people around him. Oh child, listen, you don't, man, addiction is when, a disease. And you, when your loved one has, a, has an addiction disease, you have an addiction disease because they take you to the edge of your heart. I remember when my mama had to sit me down and tell me that a family member of mine that I was extremely close with, I love this person, was a crackhead. And she had to explain why there will be no more summers away. Because she couldn't trust it. And come to find out, this family member relapsed three days after I left. I felt so goddamn guilty. Like, I'm not saying that DMX's addiction also didn't have adverse effects on the people around him. Because you have to be very, very naive to think that an addict is addicted by themselves. You may not be smoking with them. You may not be getting high with them, but their ups are your ups and your their downs are very down and you are a part just as much a part of that roller coaster as they are. It hurt. And I'm glad that even with all the false reporting and the bullshit, social media decided to pour love into that man's name. We didn't give a flying fuck what the wrong ass outlets had to say we knew dmx as this man and this is him doing random shit and, and just living his life dmx when i looked at my timeline dmx looked like like a where's waldo book like bro what the fuck is this nigga doing like just just stories of him and not it wasn't just new york it would be all across the country the across the country him. running into dmx and shit like and and, and fi- a final note you know what Recipes Black Rob too. Yes. Um, Black Rob passed this past week. Um, 
about the same age as DMX um, from health complications. It seems like it seems like he was have he had multi a multitude of strokes and everything like that. Couple different things. One, you I understand you niggas hesitations with that the vaccine. But you niggas are becoming more hotep every day with this anti-vaccine kind of like DMX got the COVID vaccine and he died. Let me tell you something. Using that oh my God. I'm so glad I didn't see that shit. Let me tell you something. Don't you think that if there is any way that the family could say DMX died of something other than a drug overdose that they would? Right. You you don't think that you don't think you think the drug overdose story is the cover up? Come on, dog. Let me tell you something. I don't want that fucking phone call. You want it to be anything else. You want it to be something that you know that there's a greater chance that they'll come back from, dog. And over, bro, an overdose is scary. Is some scary shit. You literally, you are literally in like the purgatory, bro. Like it's literally. It's 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 touch and go because like literally your body is just like nigga what we out you know what I mean like as someone like I also have addicts in my family and like I've seen we've seen it firsthand like you know what I mean like it's just it's crazy so you think the drug overdose is a cover up story nigga like if y'all get the fuck out of here and with Black Rock um him passing was sad. The conversation after his passing was sadder to me. It was worse. Because I struggle, I, I struggle with what side I'm on with this. Because Black Rob shouldn't have had, died in the way he did. He shouldn't have he, <sighs> shouldn't, he shouldn't have had to make a GoFundMe. Ooh. But it's also, I look at it from like both sides. I don't look at it from both sides of the coin, right? It's because it's like, because everyone, when the story came, everyone was obviously on Diddy's head yeah. about the entire situation. And I understand the viewpoint on why they were on his head. Like, Black Rob was a bad boy artist. Black Rob actually helped carry the brand after Biggie died. Right. You know, he was kind of the bridge to help him get their second act. And... And so I understand everyone's on Diddy's head is like, hey, fam, like, why he had to do like this. But I also hear what Black Rob's manager said, where Black Rob's manager, and again, I'm going I'm to trust the manager more than I trust the niggas who don't know the nigga. Right. Where, Black, where, where the manager said Diddy paid Black Rob for years after he left Bad Boy. Right. And... Diddy, Diddy reached out to Black... When he found out Black Rob was sick, but he, he just found out too late because they, they weren't in constant communication. But are, but are you in constant communication with your former employees that often? No. And so, so, so that's why... I, if I'm waffling, it's because I am. Like, yes, Black Rob shouldn't have had to make a fucking GoFundMe for, no. his, for healthcare and housing. Honestly, no one should have to make a fucking GoFundMe for healthcare and housing, but that's a different story for a different subject in a you different know, day, in a different episode. Because, honey, the way I wanted to park that car, but go ahead, Calvin. Listen, you want, like, again, when, I, when I'm able to share my full testimony, nigga, we will, listen, you, I will tell every bit of it 
the way we do healthcare in this country is nuts. And and matter of fact, we have a lot of things that we should keep post-pandemic. And one of the things we should keep post-pandemic is healthcare being free for the motherfuckers using healthcare. But again, I, I digress. And so I understand that. Even GoFundMe has told y'all it's fucked up that y'all have to use GoFundMe as life insurance and health insurance. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm like, how long is someone obligated to pay for one of his employers after they've left his employ? And do you see what I'm saying? It's like, like, and because we, we talk shit about the contracts that he puts niggas on, and we talk shit about all the shit that Diddy does, and we and we call him a hypocrite because when he's when he's trying to, I guess, maybe eat, learn from his past mistakes and try not to perpetuate them and saying like, hey, like, but also it's like they signed the contract, so it wasn't like he, it wasn't like niggas trick niggas into signing them or like niggas like, but and also with Bad Boy especially. You can tell that Diddy added something to these songs that wasn't there already. Do you see what right. I'm saying? Like, he, he, he wasn't a nigga rapping on everything, but you could tell that, like, a good record label and a good producer and a good A&R person, they add things, even if it's, it seems minor, that is going to make your song blow the fuck up. It's, a, it's like polish. But it's also, it's like, Fam, yo, the bad boy contract ended in twenty, like two thousand five. It's twenty twenty one. Like, do you see what I'm? Do you see my kind of like right? Yeah, because it's like it's fucked well, up. You know on what? Both yeah. The like, other part about it is we also know how fucked up Diddy's contracts be. So I think some of the the like buck and the outrages is that maybe if his contract was right to begin with, he wouldn't have needed a GoFundMe, which is Diddy's fault. And let's not sit here and make it seem like Diddy does not exploit his artists. He absolutely does. The most, listen, I have a theory, and I hate to speak on it. I have a theory that if Biggie was still alive, what kind of bad boy artist would he be? I'm curious about that, actually. Very curious. Like, I think, well, 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 we 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 could park this car right here, too. Sometimes... And Lord forgive me, because this is going to sound fucked up. It probably is fucked up, but go ahead, Calvin. Sometimes when people die, it's the best thing for their career because we never see the fall off. Yeah. When you die at the peak of your powers, or when you retire, okay, when you retire at the peak of your power, like, like if Davey stay retired after the Black Album, right? It's, if Jordan retired after, if Jordan didn't come back with the Wizards, if Beyonce didn't release I Am Sasha Fierce, like, if it, because then we only have the good and we don't have their fall off. The same thing that happens with Tupac. Because Tupac, I mean, Tupac died at, at 25. Right. You know I mean? So we only have, like, their prime or the beginning of the prime. So we're able to extrapolate. We're able to you know, just assume that they were always going to continue on their, 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 their trajectory of just being the greatest. Right. While someone who stayed around, like LL Cool J, like, like Jay-Z, like Nas, or even like a Michael Jackson or a Prince, 
even though they, you know, who have longer discographies, there's more chance of a fuck up. There's more, every new thing that you release to an audience is another chance for your audience to not receive it the way they received the first two albums, the first right. three albums. Right. And so, because for example, if Michael Jackson retired or died after bad, we wouldn't be mentioning it. We wouldn't mention him in a conversation with nobody else. We'd be like, nigga, he he made off the wall thriller and bad back to back to back. Shut the fuck up. Let's let's move on to a different subject. You feel right. what I'm saying? And so when when you say like, I wonder what Biggie would be now, like it's possible. Biggie, Biggie, it may not be likely, but it's possible Biggie may have fell off eventually. Well, no, it, I'm not even speaking, speaking about like Biggie falling off, like, but like, or like, or like, how would he be treated? Yes, that's now. what I'm getting at. I'm curious to know how Biggie would have been treated with with Bad Boy, with Diddy, given Diddy's track record with artists. To be honest with you, and this is probably very debatable, aside from Biggie, Janelle Monet is the biggest Bad Boy artist because she's not a Bad Boy artist anymore. She was smart as fuck about the way she did that. It's debatable, but I'm not going to distract your point to, to argue with you. No, no, no. I know. I just said it's debatable. It's absolutely debatable. debatable. But look at what she did. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at what she did. She used what she needed to do in order to get where the hell she needed to go. And also, Prince Montana not going to be able to do that. <laughs> and But also, it's, it's also talent, right? Because it's also like Biggie, you know, was all intention. Sometimes the talent wins out, right. right? And Biggie, by all intents and purposes, was so super talented and just super dedicated that the talent that he may have been too, too too talented to fail, right? Or too talented to get get, get caught up in that bad boy system. Right. You know what I'm saying? Versus uh, French Montana or a Machine Gun Kelly or a Loon. You know what I mean? Like niggas who needed the the, the machine that Diddy provided. So it's a hypothetical. There's no real right answer, and it's not an answer we're ever going to know because rest in peace, Biggie was gone for twenty some years, right? But like. That and so via the, the, the initial fucked up contract it is Diddy's fault, but it's also is also the industry standard at the time, right? And so like it's kind of like being caught cheating on a game, but everyone else is cheating on. But the but the teacher looks at your test specifically and is like, "Nah, give me that." And so like yeah, it, the record industry is full of fucked up contracts, but also that's, that's a the industry standard and b a lot of times. Especially with the newer artists that aren't as established, they're investing a lot of money to you at first. They're, they're going to put some mechanisms in to be able to explain it on the back end. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and maybe just how I think where it's not like, I understand, like, especially nowadays, there's no excuse for you to not have to sign, for you to sign a, rec- a fucked up record deal mm-hmm. if you don't want to. You, you, you have the ability now to, to release your shit straight to consumer on as many different platforms as you want. If you choose a record label because you know you don't necessarily have the capital or the energy to be able to do all of this yourself, so you need a team to do it. That team costs. Right. And especially if they put a million, two million dollars into you at first, yeah, they're going to want to recoup some of that on the back end. I agree. But long story short, rest in peace, rest in peace, DMX, rest in peace, Black Rob. I'm so tired of black hip hop artists not making it to 50 like not making it to 
40. Like, and it's not, and it's not all gun, gun violence or violence. It's a lot of his health issues. A lot of, a lot of your favorites are dying in mid forties because of health complications because of drug overdoses of because, because they've been living a lifestyle of full of drugs and alcohol and weed and, 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 and all types of other shit because they're having to maintain that lifestyle. And then your body realize your, your body eventually is like, I can't do this anymore. Right. Like. You know, we as, we as a culture got to take care, take care of our own and take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I also think that it's wild that I'm old enough to see childhood, like people who had a really hard stamp on my childhood passed away. Like I'm still not over Kobe. That, and, I, and of course, y'all know how I feel about sports. It's not about sports. It's about the person that Kobe was. In the 90s, Kobe was fucking everywhere. Michael Jordan was fucking everywhere. Like that's what we grew up on. Like, he was a part of my, not just a sports culture, but my culture, especially as a black, a, a, a black child. He was Kobe. It was cool to be able to talk about Kobe. So, and that's how I feel about DMX. Like, no, did I listen to a lot of DMX music? No, but you were not going to not hear DMX. So you did end up listening to DMX. And it was cool to just, I don't know, everybody mimicked DMX. Everybody was barking. Everybody was at the lunchroom doing some fucking beat or something so listen man like and his songs are inescapable man listen dmx made what these bitches want from a nigga 20 years ago y'all had a challenge on tiktok on it last year where y'all showed out all y'all different hairstyles it was brenda leticia brenda she's like about three kims listen listen my story is not about three kims it's about three britneys but that's a different story for a different stop time. calvin uh, I, you know, I, we ain't recording two weeks. I gotta add a little bit of bullshit in there because the niggas otherwise gonna think I'm not okay. <laughs> oh my God. Was, but Britney's don't hit as Britney's is too many syllables for about three. Brit- it don't it don't hit the same. Um, but like I said, recipe DMX, recipe Black Rob. We hope that y'all are recipe Pop Smoke, recipe Snippy Hustle, recipe Kobe, recipe Catwick. All the black icons that we we have lost. Um. It, 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 it's tough, man. It's tough. And honestly, I'm going to say this a little aside because, like, I don't want y'all to think we, we didn't notice and we didn't mention it. Rest in peace to, you know, Dante Wright. Rest in peace yes. to, um, you know, all of the mass shootings that we've seen over the last week. But I just don't have the mental capacity to speak on it anymore. I, you know what? It's not. I, y'all know how I feel. I'm not ignoring it. I can like see we, we we see it, but I just don't have the mental capacity to speak on it in a very in a way that's intelligent. Because all I'm gonna say is like, stop killing us. Like that's all I'm gonna say, and I don't need to say that in twenty different ways for twenty different minutes. Stop killing us. That's all we listen. If black people want to revenge instead of equality, yeah, all you white people will be dead as fuck. He clapping, y'all. As fuck. We know, we know, we've been marching and the shit's not changing. We know the issues. At this point, abolish the police. Just don't defund them. Y'all keep giving them more money after they kill a nigga. Just, we know. Okay, we know. Moving on. You know, um, I don't even know if I want to touch on it. Um... Real quick, real quick. I think that you know what we've been recording for. <laughs> episode gonna be eight hours long. 
Um, I'm going to end this on a positive note. You cool with that, friend? Listen, it's, it's your world. It's your world. I think that as I step into 30, and I talked a lot about my, my anxiety about 30, now that that's kind of passed, like I started breathing again, and of course eating, I gained some weight. Hey now. But um, I think that you got to let shit happen. Shit has to happen in order for shit to happen. And a good friend of mine told me that. And I kind of took it and he has no idea how, like, how much that stuck with me. But, like, it's so fucking true. Sometimes it has to fall apart. Sometimes it has to fucking break. It has to fail. It has to hit the ground. It has to hurt. It has to shatter. It has to. And you can either try to put together broken pieces or you can throw that shit away and start over. For real this time. And as somebody who every time life got hard used to pick up and move, I I did. Like, I used to pick up and just move. This is the first time that life kicked my ass and I stayed in it. I sat in it for a very long time. And when I got ready to get up and move, I did not stop moving. I sunk my teeth in. I got comfortable. Let's do the work. And that's what this is. This is my message to you. Do the fucking work. That's my positive note. Do the fucking work. You're worth it. And the person that you are deserves it. The person that you want to see deserves it. You deserve to be that bitch. Gender neutral. You deserve to be celebrated and loved. You deserve to, and you deserve to be celebrated by yourself. Sometimes the applause has to come from inside the house. I be having whole praise breaks in here sometimes. I did that shit. I busted my ass to do that shit. Get out. Do what you got to do. Do the work. Sink your teeth in. Embrace it. Don't sometimes. We try to run from our anxiety. Instead, you're having an anxiety attack because it's probably something you need to be doing that you're not doing. That's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. Do the fucking work. I got, you know, I got, we got something to send us out on. It's going to start negative. It's going to end positive. Okay? Okay. <laughs> um, listen to health professionals. Listen, a lot of y'all niggas just be saying shit, no sources, just vibes. Oh, my God. Stop following these unsubstantiated-ass people. You know the type of people I'm talking about. You know, I think her, I think her name rhymes with food feeler or something. Oh, my God. Stop listening to these unsubstantiated people. Who don't got no sources, who don't got no proof, just got what they cousin Pookie and Ray Ray, and they cousin from the Pentagon, apparently said. Stop, Calvin. No, I'm going. Stop listening to these people. Do your own research. If you are blessed enough to be able to have an iPhone, an Android, a laptop, 
an ability to Google, you are already more advanced than a lot of your ancestors and a lot of your people who came up before you. You have access to all the information. Your world is your oyster. It's okay to do some research. It's okay to say, I don't know when you don't fucking know. It's okay. I promise you. And a nigga like me, who sometimes feels like he needs to know everything, is telling you it's okay to not know everything. Because, listen, if this last 12 months has not taught me any motherfucking thing else, it's taught me that I don't know as much as I thought I did. And you know what? That's okay. Because if you're not learning, you're not living. So it's okay to learn. It's okay to live. Just be mindful of who you're learning from and who are you living with. Leave these no sources, just vibe, ass niggas alone. I beg of you. It's okay it's to say, C. I Diddy. don't know. It's your boy C. Diddy. It's okay to say, I don't know. Honestly, it's practically preferred. Don't lie to me. Just say, you don't know. I don't it's know. your boy C. Diddy. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing good defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone, score. About the show, about the show, about the show.